Doug and Marty versus the world is paid for by Doug Bassler, Marty McClendon, and Prologue Digital Advertising Agency. Round one, go. I see you head bobbing out there, rocking out to Doug and Marty's theme song. It is Saturday, and it's time to get started. This is Doug Bassler. And still Marty McClendon, Doug and Marty versus the world on the 13th of January, brother. Already. You know, it's uh, a lot of people uh, are fasting. Did you know that? They're fasting. uh, They're started off the year with the fast. Uh, I think there's a. Uh, Lou Engel uh, started one because they're, you know, this is a an election year. It's an important year for America. There's a lot of stuff going on. And uh, and I'm fasting, too, brother. I, I went an entire week without watching any uh, YouTube for pleasure. There you go. I fasted <laughs> YouTube, brother. Um, you know, and I think it's I think there's a lifestyle of that, right? A lifestyle yes. of like, hey, let's not, you know, let's not get all distracted. And, you know, and the reason was. I listen to a lot of preachers, right? I listen to, yes. you know, a lot of great theological stuff. Lester Summerall and stuff, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and but even like modern stuff, you know, I mm-hmm. like I like Tim Sheets, Dutch Sheets, give him 15. I like, you know, stuff like that. But I felt like, you know what? I'm being lazy. I'm like, I'm letting them hear from God for me. And I need to hear yes. from God for myself. So I like took the week off, brother. I love it. Okay. So it's intentional. I thought maybe you were like picking the least likely thing, but no, that that makes a lot of sense because you do spend time doing that. And we've been told as baby Christians and as adult Christians, you can't, your parents' faith is not your own faith, right? We all need our own individual walk with the Lord and we can't rely on somebody else's, even a preacher or teacher, right? Yeah. Uh, We can gain and they can, uh, they can illuminate things that they, the Holy Spirit has shown them, but we want to like, Lord, show me. This is great. All right. I'm going to go dive back and read that scripture verse myself. Yeah. And, you know, and um, there's also, I think, a level of like confirmation, right? Like if you're mm-hmm. hearing from God and then they say something that confirms, you know, it kind of like that. That's cool. But I'm just saying, yeah. you know, for myself personally, I'm just being completely transparent here. I was getting lazy. I'm like, oh, yeah. well, I don't need to go like search it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, they said it. So there you go. Right. So there you go. And I, you know, it's not like I'm not watching trustworthy people, but hey, they're they're flawed too. But even so, the Lord's like, hey, I'm lonely. You know, why don't you hang out with me, Doug? We used to hang out more. You know, I'm like, okay, that's that's a good word right wow. there. Let's hang out wow, with Jesus. Let's hang out, read the Bible, pray, you know. Let's have coffee together, Lord. Coffee with Jesus. So I have a question for you, and this is totally off the subject. And of course, it's not um, spiritual at all, but uh, it was shot me. You said you, you had this, the fasting, knowing that people are fasting at the beginning of the year. That makes a lot of sense to start the year off right, right? Depending on the Lord. But I also, just a few weeks ago, I found out that the 12 days of Christmas starts on Christmas Day and goes 12 days in the future, you know, past the new year. They're talking about decorations and whatever. I had no idea. Did you? I did not. Days? It starts on the birth of Christ, the celebration of it, and it goes 12 days into the new year. So around the same type of idea, you're starting the year off correctly with the 12 days. So then you look back and think about the 12 days with the symbolism, what it means, the partridge and a pear tree is Jesus Christ on the cross, right? And then the, the two call, the two true doves, right? The Old Testament, New Testament, and so on and so on. They all have this meaning. I'm like, oh, okay. I learned something new. I'm, I'm 56 years old. That's awesome. Are you that old, brother? Wow. I know, man. <laughs> Dang. Well, you know, Dang. there is there is a, a real, real um, 
you know, bright spot in uh, the 2024 year that mm-hmm. um, I just really want to, you know, give a shout out to February. Thank you for the extra day because it is a leap year. So I'm feeling like leaping around and that's kind of cool. So we got 29 days in February, brother. Nice. Nice. So you're not turning up for February 30th or 31st uh, this year. Okay. That, that works. Now, <laughs> so I have a you question are a for goofball. You. you know that, I, right? I am a goofball. We get an extra Thursday in February this year, the 29th okay. Thursday. So just be nice. happy. It's a gift. Uh, it's a gift. It's an extra day. So don't an extra it, day don't to say, it, I love right? you, Lord, an extra day to take Amen. your wife out to dinner or whatever. Come on, do something Amen. good. Do something good for somebody. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so speaking of fast, yes. it does feel like it is going fast, right? I mean, here it is yes. the 13th of January. It seems like just yesterday it was New Year's Day and now we're, you know, two weeks into this thing. And, right. um, you know, how are you doing, brother? Did you did you make some goals? Did you set some goals? Are you are you I on, have. are you on track? Uh, no. Um, but what's <laughs> funny you. about thank you for your honesty, brother. Yeah, <laughs> you know, what's funny about it is I'm I'm doing much better than uh, I probably did last year. But no, uh, once again, it's, it's setting realistic goals in the period of time. But yeah, no, we're doing good. Just not as good as I have planned to do. So there you go. <laughs> well, I uh, I feel solid now. We with my team, uh, we did a Franklin Covey focus training. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I talked about this before, but basically you start off with your values. What is valuable to you? You you clarify your values. Then you set your goals based on your values. Like, you know, I value my family. So my goal would be spend time with my family, right? Or do mm-hmm. do these different things. And what I found is after we went through this exercise with uh, my team at work, we, uh, you know, I'm finding that because I'm, I've written that down and I have it, that it's a lot easier because the um, the activity that supports the goal is coming from my deepest place, right? My value, my value yeah. place. Right. It aligns with what you want. And so you, your desire, you don't have to motivate yourself to do it, right? It aligns with your values. I love it. Yep. Yeah. So it's just, a, just an idea. So, um, you know, used to be, uh, we would go to the park and we would take our kids to the park. We would swing on the swings and climb on the monkey bars and all that kind of stuff. And now you send the National Guard to the park, brother. What do you think of that? You're down Tell there in me Texas. More, brother. Tell You're me down more. there in Eagle, Eagle Pass, Texas. <laughs> I know. Greg I'm Abbott, just... brother, threw the National Guard into the park. I think they're having a wonderful time watching the the different the, the National Guards people. The sergeants are pushing the privates in the swings. It's great. There we go. Yeah, it's ringing. The merry-go-round still going on, right? And they have a swimming competition across Dude, the whole this is pond this there. is big. This is like finally, right? Somebody's doing something and saying we've got to secure our border. So, uh, good on Governor Abbott. Yeah, Governor Abbott. Uh, um, Showing good leadership. It's it's interesting. The more he does this, the more the administration, the federal administration, the Biden administration, if you will, uh, goes after him because he's making he's hasn't he's having an impact. He's showing leadership. He's protecting our southern border. There's still Arizona. There's still California. There's whatever. But the point is, is at least he's doing what he can do within the authority he has as governor of the state of Texas. I think that's that's a model. As we see these the debates and the caucuses going on in Iowa, that's a model we need uh, in, a, in a national leader, someone that will use the, the authority 
within the constraints of the Constitution to protect us against enemies, foreign and domestic, to secure our borders, to defend, you know, defend the Constitution, all these things that are hold up our ideals. This is one of them. It's like that we're being overrun, invaded on the southern border. It doesn't matter if you're uh, the humanitarian crisis really is there. The drug trafficking, the fentanyl, the human trafficking, if you will, the the, the pure human uh, just it's suffering, brother, um, because of the policies we have and the open borders. It's hurting Americans, hurting non-Americans, um, and it needs to be fixed. And at least this is uh, stemming the tide, if you will. Um, and so, yeah, good shout out to Governor Abbott. We need more, though. We need all of the southern state governors to join together. And we need all of the and this nation to join together and say, no, let's protect our border. Let's, South, let's South's going to do it again. Is that what you're saying, brother? South's going to do it yes, again. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> uh, and of course, up here in Washington, we were a border state as well. And the, mm-hmm. the northern border is even, you know, having issues as well. Um, True. But, you know, I, I kind of feel like, OK, so you got a park, which is, you know, probably not an acre or two. I don't know how big the park is, brother. And you've got Happen National Guard there. in there yeah. and, and all that. Well, I expect you to head down there after the okay. all right. caucus today. This weekend. Just yeah. kidding. <laughs> caucuses today in Texas. We do here in Washington. Um, but um, the, uh, you know, it kind of in a way is like Hunter Biden striding into Congress, right? While he's having this this hearing about his contempt, you know, in that it's kind of a big splashy media event. And so even if it's not like, really doing much to stand like you said there's an end run in arizona california nevada whatever right right, right. but um but again it, it's caught you know it's making a splash in the news and highlighting it to you know john q public and jane q public right that hey right you know so it's there must be something going on if the national guard from the state of texas one of our largest yes. states is yes. deploying to the border there's a there's an invasion going on and, you know, I think we should have, you know, a line of pickup trucks from the Canadian border all the way down to the southern border with, you know, beer cans beside the road and ARs and shotguns. And come on, let's all, let's all go defend the border. And, uh, you know, that would be a publicity event, too, brother. We should try that. No, I don't want the FBI to come to my house. I'm just kidding. Um, joking, joking, Mr. Ray. Joking, joking, joking. So um, what do you think? Tell me this for a second, my brother. Um, what do you think, besides being arrogant and the fact that he feels like he's untouchable, why do you think from a media standpoint, Hunter Biden actually showed up like that, taunting the Republicans basically in the in the caucus? Yeah, uh, obviously it was planned. It was it was calculated, you know, to show, um, you know, I'm not afraid of you or, you know, whatever. So it is a circus and he is a clown. And so that's what clowns do, bro. That's what clowns do. But it's interesting how the White House, who the, the deplorable numbers, I mean, the inflation, the the jobless thing, the, the immigration problem, the wars on two fronts. And they're not they don't they can keep on telling us it's going great and Americans happy, but they're not. Democrats, when you you uh, say deplorable, I think MAGA, brother. Sorry, that's true. That's true. But they are. (laughs) It's it's in dire strait for many people. Absolutely right. You know, are you going to believe the media? Are you going to believe your own lion eyes? You know, exactly right. So it's interesting because I saw that I go, this is very arrogant, but there's obviously something planned here. The White House's response before when he didn't show up was that President Biden was fully aware 
of Hunter Biden, what he was going to do and, and the whole press conference. And this time the, they came out and said, we don't know. He's a private citizen. He can do what he wants. And you're like, oh, OK, you're changing your strategy. What is, what's going on? What are you trying to do in this election year is to take the focus off of Joe Biden, off the family ties, I'm assuming, you know, uh, and then this whole Hunter Biden is a distraction or is it actually going to have some accountability and tie to Joe Biden? There's a lot of stuff that is intriguing about it. But to your point, there's there's much more important things going on that we're distracted from um, when we're dealing with this media circus. Well, and, I think it's the, and intent. the yeah, I, I you're, you're right on the money. This is a distraction and it's trying to keep us off of, you know, what's really important. So I would say that's a campaign strategy for the yeah. Bidens, which, you know, Joe Biden is not going to make it to the election in November. He's it's, he's obviously in serious decline and you know something's got to happen you know right. uh, lyndon johnson didn't drop out to like april i think um in so i know that um, no. the, the rumor is on the democrat side that um biden wanted to get past the primary so there was no challenge so that he could stop out and they could appoint somebody typical yeah. stuff we've seen that in washington state as well um where the left have done that the democrats have done that on a regular basis so i wouldn't be surprised if he stepped down post primary and someone else was the heir apparent if you will on the democrat side um i'm curious about the uh, alex jones the other day you know the um oft um, bash person who's mostly been right on many of his forecasting is talking about praying for president trump saying he's so far in the lead Polls are uh, showing him. Obviously, the Democrats are scared um, crazy that they want to remove him from ballots and whatever. But he's afraid of a, of an attempt on his life. And I'm like, no, you know, you wouldn't put it past uh, people that will go to any length to stop um, from a conservative or a president like President Trump getting reelected. We know he's anointed. We know that God is covering him. This is crazy what he's gone through and still survived. But we should lift him up in prayer. Um, yes. And that to expose any kind of nefarious plans and to to stymie and stop any attempts on his life. Don't you think? Yeah. And I uh, there was actually a news story this week. Excuse me, I just sneezed. Uh, there yeah, was a news you. story this week. Uh, you know, it's it's like 19 degrees here in Seattle today, so uh, maybe a little dry um, that uh, these two camera people were setting up a shot. I think it was CNN. Uh, possibly. And they were talking about, you know, you could get a good shot from here and it kind of went to a JFK situation. And uh, so that was, um, you know, uh, disturbing. But, you know, yeah. but the big the big question, I think that's on everybody's mind, Marty, is did they find any bags of cocaine in the hearing room after Hunter Biden left? That's the big <laughs> question. I think that's on everybody's chair below when he left. It fell out yes. of his pocket. Right. And uh, <laughs> Isn't it? You know, we keep forgetting. We keep forgetting about all this other stuff, right? Because the news yeah. cycle is so rapid. I mean, we've never right. been at a time in American history where the news cycle was so short and so instantaneous. And I think it's probably because of what I said earlier, right? Fasting YouTube yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, it's like this constant demand for content, and we're so glued to our phones and we're so glued to our smart TVs and all this stuff that. Um, you know, we don't even have time to process it. And it's one right. of the reasons they, they're saying that we're dealing with depression, suicide, different things, right? Because we're not wired for that. We're not wired as human beings to know what's going on in Yemen, you know, with no. this pirate thing yeah. and all that, right? We don't know right. <laughs> all this stuff. I mean, the news is like, it's just fast and furious. And that, now Biden's in trouble because he authorized, you know, a strike, airstrikes <laughs> that weren't authorized. It is like, 
they eat their own every day, brother. It's great. They do. It's it's almost it's it's almost comical, but it didn't affect us so desperately bad. To your point, though, um, we never found out. Remember, they did an investigation, a short term investigation about the uh, the evidence of cocaine in the White House. And it couldn't be Hunter Biden. It couldn't be, you know, but then they found out it was close in the inner circle and it probably was. But we're not going to we're not going to release that. We're not going to pursue it. Well, they they have DNA. Come on. I know they have DNA on yeah. the bank. They know who it is. They but they're not, exactly. they're not, they, they don't, you know, shh, don't tell anybody shh, it's Joe Biden, right. Hunter Biden or whoever. Right. Right. Um, it's like, because, you know, we just needed to go under this rug over here, but the Lord, it's good. And he yes. is, you know, he reigns and he rules. And, you know, I'm, you know, we've kind of hit on some of these, the highlights of the news, you know, right now, other than the fact mm-hmm. that a huge coal front's moving across the country and yes, um, massive, they yep. call this, um, let me think. Oh yeah. Winter. They call it winter. <laughs> it uh, is brother. January. Come on. Yes. It's cold. It's even going to get January cold where you are. So and there you February go. February gets cold. Yeah, exactly right. It's super cold. So I have a question on that. So this is interesting because the other day the news came out you know, about sports, right? You, you first heard that um, um, Coach uh, Pete Carroll's retiring, right? Then you have Coach Nick Saban, which is the Alabama coach. Then you had um, the Patriots parting ways with uh, Bill Belichick. All of Fame uh, coaches, probably all three of them, uh, from their career and what they've done. Um, all you know in their late seventies, they're they're not young spring chickens. Well, well you can't passing- you can't group. <laughs> Carol in with Belichick, brother. I mean, you're talking one Super Bowl versus, I don't know, 90. He's got six. (laughs) Belichick's got six. I know. Um, That's uh, a lot, dude. It is. But, you know. But was it Tom Brady or not? Yeah, well, a lot of it was. But Tom Brady went on and won another one. But I'm just saying is you have um, Nick Saban. Arguably one of the best college coaches of all time, even though we've got, you know, Bear Bryant and stuff in the past. He's won 11 national titles. He's, you know, he's he's really, really a good coach. Uh, Pete Carroll had really great success in college and pro winning both the national championship with USC and with the Seahawks for the Super Bowl. Uh, Belichick had all uh, pro experience, if you will, but all of them in their own right, um, noteworthy of their career. That said, um, and I'm a sports guy, whatever, but it's, it's interesting that they are all kind of retired within the same day, within the 24-hour period. All three of these greats um, are retiring or being let go, if you will, to retirement. And the the impression I got was about 2024. It's a changing of the seasons, right? That there's, some, there's bringing in the new, if you will. And every year feels that way. But there was a, such a strong sensation that this is good. This is a good changing of the guard. This is a new season. It was very optimistic. I had a, a lot of hope. Uh, and I'm like, why am I having so much hope for three football coaches retiring? But it felt like this transition, if you will, brother, that 2024 and, really holds. Um, it's going to be a great year. And, and you know, I'm and, uh, Coach uh, Pete Carroll's going to be hanging around as vi- in, a, in an advisory situation. You know, I had a, I had a meeting uh, just the other day with a, a business advisor. And he was talking about these two different curves. You have a curve of of knowledge and intelligence and ability and creativity and stuff in your life, right? And it goes mm-hmm. up and it peaks and it begins to decline. Uh, for example, Joe Biden. Okay, mm-hmm. so um, you have, but 
but there's another curve that happens as the 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 mental acuity and the the physical fitness and stuff that's required, you know, for that begins to, you know, uh, you know, as you got older, you get older, right? This right. other curve comes up called the wisdom curve, or he called it the diamond curve. And so this stuff is the diamonds are made because of the heat and the pressure and everything that you've been through in your life. Right. And so instead of having to come up with creative ideas, you you tend to lean back more on experience. Right. And so that's where uh, that's kind of exciting because, you know, they can have a fresh new coach that's got, you know, good brains and good creativity and all that kind of stuff. But yet here you got Pete back here in the diamond part of his life with all this experience and stuff like that. And he go, well, we tried that or we did, you know, or, you know, we, yep, you're right. That's fresh. That's a great idea. And here's, you know, if we would have done that in this situation, you know what I mean? So, yep. you know, yep. I, I think there's, um, I guess the, 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 the point I'm trying to make bro is that there is, there's value in you at whatever age you're in. And so that's why mm-hmm. I love this optimism that you're you're expressing about this, because, you know, there's a lot of young folks that listen to our show. There's a lot of older folks that listen to our show. And wherever you are, you know, in whichever curve you are, there is a curve of awesome that's under you. And I think, you know, this idea that, you know, I got to be fresh and I got to come up with, these, you know, that's what kills a lot of these like Hollywood A-listers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. They, they, their beauty starts to fade and this and that. And, you know, rather than, um, you know, accepting that and a lot of them do, you know, and there's been, mm-hmm. there's been a lot of old guy movies and stuff like that, you know, that have been pretty fun to watch and old gal. Mm-hmm. Now you got this 80 Brady movie and stuff like that where they're just like embracing it. Right. Mm-hmm. Enjoying it. And, you know, I've been talking about this this show I like on Motor Trend TV called Roadworthy Rescue and where they they just grab these old cars. They get a 1967 Pontiac Tempest and they they get it running and then they they just drive it. They don't paint it and put a new 350 in it and all that. They just get it running, restore it, you know, do the do the basics, like get rid of the points and put the electronic thing so the thing runs better, put a, you know, put a better carb on it, whatever. Right. And then they, you know, they just polish it up. They leave the rust, but they try to, you know, prevent it from rusting more. And the guy's like, it's an old car. Why don't we let it be what it is? Right. And so why can't we do that with the people? Right. Let's just accept us rust and all. <laughs> and and enjoy the the classicness of it, right? And so I'm super optimistic as well. You know, with our East Side Republican Club, we've really partnered together with the young Republicans, which are Republicans under 40, right? It's typically college through age 40. And, you know, for some of us, 40 seems pretty young. Um, like you, for example, you you were 40 many, many years ago. Um, yeah, it seemed like yesterday, by the way. But yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we were talking about fasting. There you go. Fast. Yep, there you go. Life. Life goes fast. But this ability, right, to to change the guard, to trust people, to mentor and then to hand it over. Right. To, you know, I, I'm seeing, you know, we saw that with Reinhard Bonnke. Right. Reinhard Bonnke mm-hmm. uh, brought Daniel Kalinda in and. He had already been faithful and everything. And then he was able to do this handoff and he was around, uh, you know, as a mentor, you know, for many years before he passed. Right. Mm-hmm. Helping that. And so you still have, um, you know, Christ for all nations is still rolling and still doing good and still winning the lost and and raising mm-hmm. up a generation of evangelists and stuff. And uh, Rick Joyner, um, you know, is now in that more of advisory role with the Morningstar you know, uh, ministry. So you've got think, uh, Chris Reed yeah. in, in, in charge, you know, a guy in his yeah. mid thirties. Right. Which I think that's whole story is a pretty amazing too. For those that don't know, just, um, to 
kind of hand off, if you will, at such a, I know Rick was dealing with some health issues as well, but still to hand off to a, a, someone so he young. He really actually so much time. wasn't. He, wasn't. he was fine. Yeah. But maybe the Lord was letting him know, hey, you are going, you know, I mean, as you get yeah. older, you have a yeah. decline in your ability and your functionality. Right. That's just right. normal. Right. And um, and now he can write books and he doesn't have to try to run this big ministry. Right. That's exactly right. Yeah. I think there's, there, there's a lot of wisdom in that. When God talks about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we talked about generational, like our blessings are generational, you know, cursings and that kind of stuff. Um, the idea here is we're supposed to be in, in generationally minded, you know, and so in the, even in a ministry or a business or a family, we're supposed to be thinking, okay, I've raised up my kids. Now it's their time to raise up their kids, but we're still here to be in that advisory, hey, parenting role as a grandparent, right? Or an great grandparent. Same thing in a business like there or a ministry like that. They're in that role now where I've raised you. I've got the experience, but I don't have the full-time job of doing the job. Therefore, I'm a resource for you when you need it. I'm a resource for you when you're thinking about going a certain direction uh, that we've already gone before. I like your your work and I like your intentionality. Maybe you know something new, which is great. We can combine it with the perspective, the bigger perspective, a broader perspective of time. So to your point, having that advisor role, raising up the next coach, and then having that coach do the same thing when it's their time, I think it's generational. I think that's God's plan for everything we do, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I, I think, you know, like gray hair, and these other things, you know, if you look at the Bible, right, it talks about gray hair and gray hair is a crown of glory when it's found in the way of righteousness is what it says. But, you know, the gray hair, uh, there was actually a a scripture that I discovered uh, a while back that talked about your hair is turning gray and you don't notice it. You don't see what, you know, so God wants us to look in the mirror, see the gray hair. And recognize this is a limited time engagement. You can't procrastinate. Yes. You can't put it <laughs> off. You need to do what I've called you to do. You have a limited time on this planet. And we have, you know, you and I both have many friends. James Watkins, for mm -hmm. example, just passed mm -hmm. away. Right. Great guy. Uh, he was in his early 60s. Nobody expected it. Look, he looked the picture of health. Right. Very but, healthy. You know, yeah. Time yeah. is time. Your time is your time. And so, you know, that. You know, that light of fire under me again, intentionally, mm -hmm. let's do, let's serve God today. You know, we talked about Lester Summerall's rules last week. If you recall, we said, Lester Summerall said, every day I want to do something for God and something mm -hmm. for my fellow man. And, you know, could we do that today? Did you do something for God this Saturday? Did you do something for your fellow man this Saturday? Well, hey, I went to the caucus. Well, there you go. There we go. Something fellow for man, God right? and your fellow man. And one, exactly you know, right. <laughs> killed two birds with one stone. But just this idea that, you know, our our diminished physical ability, like you like to play baseball, but you don't play baseball mm. the way you used to, right? No. It's a little harder to <laughs> fast pitch than it used to be, right? There's a little more pain in that elbow or whatever. Yeah, not, exactly I'm right. Can't throw as far. But, um, and I, but we still love God. it. Yeah, I got to take a step gonna back. Be, if you're going to be forward. on the church softball team, you might want to find somebody that actually could do it, right? It'd be probably be better to coach the church softball team now, getting your diamond years, than to be the pitcher. Mm -hmm. There say. we go. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I I noticed even a couple of years ago, yeah, that my reaction time was slower, so I had to um, be in the field farther back on shortstop or third than I used to play really close because I was my reactions were fast. 
but I could still play the position. I just had to change my attitude. But to your point, there comes a time when you're like, you know what? I'm I'm better for the team in a different role than I am here. So, and part of that is moving around the field. If baseball fans out there, you know, short and third are usually the, the hot boxes, and then you move the second when you get a little bit older because you have a shorter place, to, shorter plane to throw at, and it's a little bit easier. And then when you're really a little bit older, first is where you want to be. So you're just receiving the ball. <laughs> on yeah. the infield anyway. Yeah. Just receive it, tag them out, go, you yep. know, put your foot on the base. Come There's on, still some the fielding, but yeah, it's a little bit, your, your, your range is diminished. Which Certainly not as demanding yeah. as third. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I always love the third. Third was my base, but you know what? I ain't playing yep. third no more, dude. The hot I'm box. Yep. yep. I like, uh, I still, I still ride dirt bikes, but I ride them differently. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I'm mm-hmm. more careful. I don't want to fall. I don't want to hurt myself. You know, it takes longer to recover. Uh, and there's a, you know, but that's, you know, there's there's a, a maturity in that as well. So what do we, what does that mean in our walk with the Lord, right? Have we gotten wisdom? You know, have we, you know, so uh, what I started on January 1st is, you know, Proverbs 1 and, you know, today yeah. Proverbs 13, right? So just a chapter a day. Right. And, and I hadn't, haven't done that for a while. And there's just so much in there. And, but it's mm. in all the stuff that's in there. It's like, get wisdom, get knowledge, mm-hmm. get understanding, learn something new. Did you learn something new today, brother? Yes. Right. That's what you do every day. When you learn, it's, it's amazing. You're like, oh, wow. I had not, no, no idea. And most well, time to apply as well. Um, but the wisdom part of it, right? It's like, the, you know, we get better at weighing the cost. The more mature we get, the more experience we have. Like, oh, I've done that before. I probably didn't take that too seriously, but that would that I was laid up for a while with that one or whatever, jumping off a cliff or whatever. The cost is too high now. <laughs> and, and what you said, like I think last year as well, you were very poignant when you said that yeah, you quoted the scripture about numbering your days. And because we don't know, like you said, we're not promised another day. We're not promised another hour for that matter. Um, but to be intentional with your time, but to look at it and say, well, generally, this is kind of the time that uh, the average human has left on this earth. And you're doing that. You're like, wow, that's not much time. Okay. Well, the time I do have, I'm going to be very intentional about Lord. What do you want me to do today? What do you want me to learn today? Who do you want me to help today? Right. It, it's, it's those type of things. And it makes it a whole lot more fun, brother. It really does. And, you know, a part of the exercise in um, the Franklin Covey training that we just went through, Mm-hmm. is uh, basically it's kind of fun, but you just basically say, hey, scientists discovered that there's not 24 hours in a day. There's 25 hours in a day. And so everybody gets an extra hour. What are you going to do with it? And then people would say, you know, I'm going to, you know, spend the time with my family or I'm going to, you know, take a trip, you know, read a book or write a book right. or whatever. Right, sleep. Yeah. And, um, and so, but uh, again, it's like if I got efficient, I could get that extra hour if yes. I didn't goof off as much or if I didn't spend as much time on my phone and yep. I got busy and got other things done, I could have that extra hour, right? You can get it. There's, it's always, you know, we, um, you know, so obviously we don't have 25 hours in a day, but we could get it. And then this year we've been given a gift of an entire extra day. day. Yeah. So we got, that's, a, that's we good. got 24 hours. <laughs> now that's a half hour. Uh, That's a half hour a day, right? Or a half hour a week. I mean, for for the whole year, right? Because there's 50, there you go. Okay, 52, 52 weeks. Yeah, yeah, and so 24 hours divided by you know 
you know, 52. It's actually actually just slightly more than a half hour a week that we pick up. So what are you going to do with your half hour a week, brother? Right. Right. You know, Spend and, time and, and if you know your values, you mm-hmm. clarify your values. Um, and, you know, I, as we, as we uh, kind of finish up this segment, I really, one of the things that I feel like the Lord's been talking to me about is, you know, what is love, right? And agape is, you know, the, the big one, there's phileo mm-hmm. and some others. And, um, but really this agape love, right. That we're to love, you know, this is my commandment. Jesus said in John chapter 15, that you love one another. Mm-hmm. And it says in there that, you know, greater love has no one than this, that they lay down their life for their friends. And the word in that, uh, context of life is suke, which is the word we use for soul. So our mind, emotions, and our will. So greater love has no one than this, that they lay down their will, what they want for their friend. They lay down their emotions and their upsetness and their whatever, their offense for their friend. They lay down, you know, they're, they're the way they think, and maybe they'll listen to the way someone else thinks. So there's a lot of, um, you know, wisdom in that. And then, you know, so we're facing, you know, as a nation, um, as, you know, our cities and things like that are in trouble. We have this commandment, you know, that we're supposed to love, right? And Jesus said, you know, if your enemy's hungry, give them something to eat. If your enemy's thirsty, give them something to drink. You know, actually it was Paul. And he said, you know, be like heaping coals on his head. And, but Jesus said, do good to those that persecute you. You know, if someone takes your cloak, you know, give them your shirt too, or whatever, however he says it. And um, so brother, I just want to ask you this question. Uh, since I got you on the show today is my sure. big interviewee. How do we love our enemies and still speak the truth in love and walk mm-hmm. in love? So this is, you know, this is this balancing act, right? As a, as a believer, mm-hmm. right? Cause we love justice. Mm-hmm. Do we love, do we also love mercy? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, we like, we like, um, you know, we want everything to be just, but do we also want when people say, I'm sorry, do we want right. to be able to forgive? And, you know, right. the, the, the Lord's uh, prayer that he gave us, right. Was, you know, for, forgive us our sins as we forgive others. Right. So mm-hmm. comment. And, and that's a tough one too, brother. When you think about it, it's uh, what if people are, are, they'll say sorry, but they don't mean sorry. Right. Are we to judge their hearts? Obviously not. When we have many stories in the Bible about where um, a debt was forgiven and then they wouldn't forgive the debt of those that owed money to them. Right. It's, it's bad. So it's, it's the idea that we're supposed to model Christ, but it's supposed to be true repentance. It's supposed to be one of these things where, Oh, I I'm sorry. I did you wrong. Right. And there's this trust factor. And then when it comes down to this trust, well, is there that big deal? That 70 mm-hmm. times seven thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'll forgive you because I've been, I've commanded to, and then I'm going to love you, but I'm going to be slow to trust you again because you've burned that trust. We're not foolish. We're supposed to be wise as serpents, right? And gentle as doves. The idea is, you know, turn away from anger and retribution and jealousy and all that stuff that God says, vengeance is his. So we're like, Lord, this is yours in your hands. You know, I want to pray for them. You know, those that are invading, those that are coming against us, that are our enemies. We love them. We love their soul, but we don't want them to endanger our family. There's definitely this balance of protecting our own, defending our own, uh, and yet we can still love them without allowing or condoning or contributing to their lifestyle, their attack on our family, and so forth. To your point, Scripture is very clear about using justice, 
bear equal scales. It says, you know, when someone murders somebody with ill intent, then the result is from society, right, is death, right? There is very scriptural terms. And then there's the spiritual ones where Jesus says, forgive them, right? Uh, turn your cheek, give them the coat. And so that's a war, I think, in human and the flesh and the, and the rules and our walk with God. We want to be Christ-like, who also followed the commandments of Almighty God. He didn't err on them. He didn't say, oh, we don't need to because we care too much. He dined with tax collectors. He dined with um, those that were harlots and whatever, so that they would change. So they would see the love of Christ. He didn't change to be like them. And so I think that's our model. We still walk in our obedience. We stop with this is what's right. We're going to help you see that this is wrong and help you get right because we love you enough not to leave you where you are. Uh, and when there's things that call for judgment, then we should judge rightly, uh, not based on our own goodness, but based on the law and it's good for everybody, the law laid down by God. It's just, it, it is tough. That's why you need people that are submitted uh, to the Lord in those roles as judge in uh, roles of leadership where they meet out those things that are good for society. Don't you think, brother? Yeah. It's a, you know, I, I read the, 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 the letters that Paul wrote, right. That make up a lot of the new mm -hmm. Testament. And he, he says, you know, beware of this guy and that guy, because right. they're like Janice and Jamboree's opposed Moses and blah, blah, blah. They're bad people and stuff like that. You know, what, what he's doing is, he's he's actually acting in love toward the body yes right that's you, it you know you don't if you love someone it doesn't mean you let them you know kidnap your children or something exactly like that right. right you don't yeah. allow you know so there's the the whole truth part of it but let me talk mm -hmm. about let me just bring up this one and just again just kind of get your comments because it sounds like sure. we're on a roll here um <laughs> You know, there's a lot of things that are outside of our control. We have no, literally no control over Olympia in most cases, mm -hmm. unless we're elected official or something. We, you know, we can lobby and we can do certain things, but, you know, they're going to, people are going to do what they're going to do. In Luke uh, chapter 6, verse 27, and that's part of the Beatitudes, of course. Okay. But Jesus says, but I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Whoever hits you on the cheek, offer him the other also. And whoever takes away your coat, do not withhold your shirt from him either. Give to everyone who asks of you. And whoever takes away what is yours, do not demand it back. Treat others the same way you want them to treat you. That's the golden rule mm -hmm. that we've mm -hmm. been talking about. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. So, this idea of, you know, are we supposed to pray for President Biden, right? Are we supposed to pray for, uh, you know, Director Ray of the FBI, right, or whatever, you know? And I, I think an emphatic yes there, but I want to just lob the ball over the net to you, brother. And I don't want to waffle on this or or quibble on this, but of course the answer is yes. But clarity for a Christian's sake, what are we supposed to pray, right? We're supposed to pray for their salvation. We're supposed to pray blessing. for their wisdom. What's the biggest blessing, right? Blessing, right. 
you know, it's a blessing is to know the Lord, right? Yep. Um, and, and at the same time, we're praying for our nation to um, stop the wicked, to uh, turn things back to God and to expose. And I mean, those are things. And if they're participants in that, at the same time, we're praying for them personally to have a personal relationship, to be a blessing. And at the same time, we're praying for those in authority, if it happens to be them, to be removed if they are not following God's will, because we know that when the righteous reign, the people rejoice. When the wicked reign, the people groan. And so it's it's that you're right, and we pray for them. But we we don't want to not necessarily. I don't I don't feel moved in my heart to pray for Joe Biden to win the next election. I pray for in my heart to pray for Joe Biden to know Jesus, to repent of sins, and to be saved. Right? Yeah. Um, there you go. The now right? you're not ding ding. You're ringing the bell, bro. Right. Right. And so when we pray for them, that, that that's the, the as the Holy Spirit moves, we're praying for them to know. Right. Because they are have fallen short, just like all of us. Right. So, uh, it's, yeah, I guess the so to me, it sounds like you and I are in, in, in real tight agreement on this. Mm-hmm. The question is, you know, what do you do when you're upset and you're frustrated? And, you know, you we, we want to, like I said, speak the truth in love. Right. It's not mm-hmm. right to take our kids and transition them without our knowledge, right? Or these different right. things that are going on here in Washington right. State. Um, but it, it, but at the same time, you know, I'm praying for Bob Ferguson to get saved, right? Mm-hmm. I'm praying for him, and it's like the Lord, the Lord told me something that uh, this is this was last year when we went to Asbury, um, and there was a. Uh, a person on the plane, a, a, a flight attendant on the plane, that was obviously a gay, and mm-hmm. um, and the my traveling companions and stuff were being a little hard on the guy, and because um, he came over and he he wanted to know what was up because I had my I I I heart Jesus hat on and stuff, and after the whole thing went down, man, I was so convicted, and the Lord flat told me, he said Doug, you're not allowed to hate anyone. You're right. not allowed to hate anyone, right. including Joe Biden, including Bob Ferguson, including, you know, Director Ray, including anyone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you may be like, I don't dig that. But you know what? If they persecute me, I'm supposed to pray for them. If they curse me, I'm supposed to pray for them. I'm supposed to bless them. Right. Mm-hmm. And we're supposed mm-hmm. to be, you know, we live. You know, I mean, I hate to say it, but Gandhi did that better than a lot of people right and he changed mm-hmm. the entire nation of india because he refused to fight back he was a passive but he didn't go along with evil either right right so right. you don't take the shot you don't wear the mask you don't play the game right you don't pretend like that's science when it's not science right and mm-hmm. yet at the same time i love you you know mm-hmm. i'm doing this for your own good Who's the, you know, right. they, they always talk about the adult and the, it's time for the adults to take over. So, you know, this is, I'm not saying this is easy, bro. Right. Right. Well, even with your own kids, when your, your kids are doing something that um, it's going to be harmful to them, it's going to be turn out bad for them, whether it be a relationship, whether it be whatever, like, okay, I love you too much. I, I will never change, but what you're doing is going to cause you harm. And I don't want to see you hurt. In many cases, that's what it is. What you're doing First of all, I don't agree with. And second of all, it's harmful to the community. It's going to be harmful to you in the future. You know, you need to stop doing this because we love you, right? In many cases, we're fighting this. You're making decisions. I don't understand them or don't agree with them. And I'm going to fight you vigorously. And when it comes to the public policy around uh, transitioning our kids or whatever it may be, but I'm going to pray for your soul. 
right? Because this ultimately, when Jesus says, what you do to the least of these, you've done to me, right? Um, is is a, is a dire warning. Don't be messing with our kids. Don't be messing with the Jesus kids, right? That's harmful for you. So please stop uh, for your own sake. We'll be praying that you get wisdom. <laughs> Don't you think, brother? Yeah. And uh, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm throwing these things out as a, yeah. you know, sort of a theological, um, you know, treatise, I guess you could say. But what I'm looking for is, you know, if our first response is first Corinthians 13, right? Patience, mm -hmm. kindness, gentleness, expecting the best, self-control, these different things. If our first response to the person in front of us, the whatever is that now if that person is threatening harm to our family or something like that then we need to take obviously defensive measures because we're supposed yes. to love our families yes. our children whatever right so um it doesn't mean that you're like a doormat but how right. do you love aggressively and and speak the truth in love aggressively right that that would be i think a a good way to kind of wrap this up like can i be you know, I love you, but you're wrong. And, yes. you know, um, yes. this. And this is why you're wrong. This is why this is the right. And, this, you know, help them see it if you possibly can. Right. Yeah. yeah. This is what the Bible says, or it's not me. You know, we right. saw that. We saw that interview that Woody Allen did with um, uh, Billy Graham. Billy yeah. Graham, right? And, yeah. and and he's like, well, you know, I think you should be able to sleep with the girl beforehand to try her out. And it's like, well, you know, the. You know, it's not me, uh, Woody. The Bible says, you know, you're not supposed to commit adultery. You're not supposed to commit fornication. Right. And that's bad. And, you know, one wife and, you know, one husband and this and that. And and he kept coming back to that. Well, you know, it's not me. I'm, I'm just telling you what the Bible says. You know, you can mm -hmm. argue with that all you want. But, it, you know, it is written. <laughs> so um, really, so really, I, uh, really good. Um, I have know, a recurring question for you. Remember, uh, we had a guest when we like we've been doing this for a decade, the radio for a decade and early, probably one of the first years we were doing radio out of Seattle, out of Salem Radio there. We had uh, Kamal Salim. You got a, him through Morningstar, I believe, the connection at the time. Yep. And he was talking about uh, his experience with Jesus showing up. He came over to do jihad and so forth. But one of the things he said to us really stuck with me and it applies to this conversation. He said on our show that uh, the Christians in general make the mistake of applying our values to our enemies, right? Meaning, oh, they mean the best, you know, um, we're going to all those things that we're intended to do when their own religion, if you will, is to, to lie intentionally, to destroy the infidels, to, you know, whatever. Uh, and he said that we, we're entrapped or we're endangered by our own values by applying them to somebody else that doesn't share those values. How, how do you, as a, as a Christian, do we walk that balance knowing that they don't mean to treat us the same way as we treat them? It doesn't excuse us from not treating them as God's called us to do. We're supposed to treat them as we want to be treated. We're supposed to treat them, love them and so forth in as Jesus called us to do, but there are enemies. So how do you do that? How do you love like, yeah, Christ? that's, that's be wary. Yeah. You know, Jesus said, when they persecute you in this one town, flee to the next one. Right. Yes. They let they let Paul down in a basket from the wall of Damascus. Right. They didn't let him. Right. They didn't let them kill him. Right. right. Uh, there were um, uh, certainly there the concept of the righteous war. You know, mm -hmm. we, we don't just like, oh, yeah, well, we love Adolf Hitler. So, you know, therefore, we'll just let him do it. No, we still no. stopped him. We still yes. we, we wielded the sword. 
uh, for a specific purpose. And the Bible talks yes. about that, that the, the, this, the law enforcement person doesn't, you know, carry a gun for no reason. He carries a gun for a reason. Right. Yes. And mm-hmm. so there is, is that, but then the, the attitude that we have um, is that, you know, if you love someone, you don't let them run out in the middle of I-5 during, you know, yes. mm-hmm. to get run down, right? You like, hey, that's bad. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you can physically restrain, you know, the crazy person uh, to keep them alive, uh, yep. that would be Still a good thing. love, right? Right. Yeah. And so um, it, the love is not, I don't think love is this, uh, passive, let anything go. I think the truth in love is love, right? So yes. if you yes. continue in these behaviors, it's not going to end well for you. But do we ever, you know, we we want to remind everybody. So when I'm street preaching, mm-hmm. I like to say, you know, look, we've all messed up. We've all done things we're not proud of. Mm-hmm. The Bible calls us sin. <laughs> and it, he laid he laid it all on Jesus. Mm-hmm. And if you come to Jesus, you can get forgiven and you can get free. And the Lord told me years ago, and I've shared this many times, the Lord said to me, I clean my own fish. You don't have to do it. Now, there is a discipleship element. You know, we go and make disciples and we teach them the Bible and things like that. But legalism doesn't solve the problem. That's that's mm-hmm. what Paul said. It's like, you know, covet. It said, don't covet. And all I did was covet, 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 covet. You know, right. <laughs> sin right. was working in me. <laughs> what happened? Jesus delivered him from the body of death and set him free from it, right? That relationship with the Lord. And so, you know, we need to get people to the Lord. How do we get them to the Lord? We say, hey, why don't you ask Jesus to help you? You know, can Mm -hmm. I pray for you, right? And and we walk in this agape love, right? Rather than, you know, well, you know, Jesus would love you if you weren't homosexual. You know, no way, Jesus loves you right now. And if you come to Jesus, he's going to help you with all that stuff. right? Right. And, well, and I think we better saying. we I think we better get there because they're coming. They're coming yes. to our churches. They're looking for yes. God, bro. I saw them, I saw it on the plane to Asbury, brother. They're looking for Jesus. But isn't salvation right by the blood of Jesus and the word of our testimony? The idea is is they're gonna come because of what God did for us. You know, yeah. sharing our testimony of like, hey. I may not have been doing that, but this is, I've done a bunch of other things that are just as bad. Right. And God saved me. So if he can save me, he can save you. And that, well, that's the foolishness of preaching. And, Amen. you know, and we're saying, and, and then the other side of this coin is, and, you know, of course this is the whole, um, you know, Arminianism versus, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Bible specifically says that you're saved by grace through faith and this not of yourself, it's the gift of God. So God does mm-hmm. actually, um, you know, initiate it. God makes it happen. Now, where, yep. where the Arminian, I think, uh, philosophy was, is that, okay, I don't have to do anything because God's going to save the people he wants to save and it's blah, blah, blah. Kind of like the Charlie Kirk thing we said, right? I right. don't want to be optimistic right. because people are going, well, Charlie's optimistic, so I don't have to do anything. We're going to win. And I don't want to be pessimistic right. because, oh, Charlie's pessimistic. So we're, no matter what we do, we're going to lose. So I don't have to do anything. So right. that's kind of, in, in my opinion, that's that philosophy because we have to obey the commandment when he said, go into the world and preach the gospel. So who did God choose for salvation? Everyone, brother, everyone shows everyone. Now they have to receive it. And when they do receive it, they don't get to take credit for it. What's the scripture verse that you've said before too, right? How do they hear unless someone preaches, right? How do they preach unless someone's in Romans? Yeah. That's the Romans road, bro. The idea here is blessed are the feet 
of on mm-hmm. the mountains of those who come bringing good news, you know? So we, you know, not everybody's an evangelist, an apostle, you know, a pastor and all that kind of stuff, right. but, but we can all love people and we can all say, Jesus loves you. And we can all share our testimony. Like you just said, you know, right. I don't know a lot, you know, there's in, in soul winning training that I've been through, they totally agree with, with, with what you just said, because you can't argue with a person's experience. No, this is what happened to me. <laughs> yeah. I don't know yeah. about that. I don't know about everything, but this is what happened. You know, my yeah. life was a wreck, you know, and I tell people, you know, night, you know, 18 years old standing in my bedroom one morning, not knowing how I got there, seeing my car out front and, and actually saying out loud, I'm only 18 years old and I've got a drinking problem. Mm-hmm. And, and the very next week having a, a serious, you know, car crash and all that, and still not able to get free. But when I asked Jesus to come into my heart on Easter Sunday, 1978, 19 years old, don't do the math. Um, (laughs) instantly I was set free from that. Now, other people didn't have that, you know, other people still had to go through 12 steps or whatever, but I Mm -hmm. had that experience of being set free of being completely transformed. And I, first thing that happened was I got a prophetic word and Mm -hmm. this lady was laughing and I'll never forget it. I cannot forget that, that, you know, that's what the Bible says, uh, to the Ephesians in revelation says, remember your first love. You know, Mm -hmm. remember the height from which you've fallen. And this lady's laughing. She says, oh, my son, if you only knew the great things I have in store for you. You know, so my my born again experience was, you know, it was supernatural at the beginning. It was supernatural at the end and it was supernatural all through it. And so, you know, how we're birthed a lot of times uh, does make a difference. And so this, you know, I had this conversation with a pastor. Mm-hmm. friend of mine that, that does the, you know, okay, everybody bow your head, everybody, you know, sneak your hand right. up and, you right. know, this kind of thing. And I said, Hey dude, why don't we just ask people, Hey, Jesus died on a cross for us. Why don't we boldly like follow him? Why don't we do yeah. something for him? Why don't we say, and man, he got real nervous about that. And, <laughs> and I'm why? like, yeah. yeah and I'm like, why don't we just serve God? Why don't we just like be bold and serve God? And, and you know what? I think I'm winning more people than he is. I'm just saying. Yeah. Not that it's competition, but there's assignment. Exactly I'm just right. saying, you know, but I mean, that's me. And I, yeah. I'm sure there's a, you know, let's, let's, let's sneak them in. You know, there was definitely the lady with the issue of blood, right? I mean, she yes. snuck up and got a healing. Now Jesus made her confess right. it, but. Right. Publicly, of course. Yeah. But um, she snuck in and got healed, bro. Yes, she did. That's so right. I'm not, a, I'm not again it. You know, I, it's just like, again, this is a. This is a conversation. We're just having yeah. a conversation. I want to circle back for our listeners <laughs> as well. You know, this whole idea about love. And, and there's what the enemy does, the enemy of our soul, the devil, the, the and those operate through the workings of the enemy, um, twist everything that is pure and holy. So um, love, they twist to tolerance. You know, uh, when they twist the forgiveness, they do all these different conditions. So you see what is modeled or championed by those that are basically uh, godless, if you will, um, are, you know, like this, the push, preaching tolerance is greater. Let, allow people to do their own life, live their own life, right? It's all about you being, it's like, no, no, it's not about you. We're supposed to die to self. It's the opposite of what is God's calling us to do. When he calls us to love, he calls us to love the way he did, laying down our lives, right? Uh, sacrificing those things that we would put our in first for our flesh. And to Doug's, when he started off this program, talking about reading a Proverbs uh, every day, it's, it's about wisdom, right? Everything, as we grow in maturity and our faith, it's about gaining God's wisdom, his insight on things. So 
love is deeper, but it's it's blended with this wisdom. Uh, he didn't go everywhere, and obviously he loved the whole world because he died on the cross for it. But the idea is we're called to a specific sphere, a specific group of people, a uh, a jobs laid up for us, and we're supposed to be intentional about it. But the, this enemy thing, whatever, we're not supposed to twist what God said. We're not supposed to relabel or rename uh, love and what it is. Love is what God said. Right. That he yeah. loved us, that he sent the only begotten son to die on the cross, to pay the price we couldn't pay, to give us the mercy and grace and the blessings that we could not earn our own. This idea we're supposed to share the good news. That is, it is the good news, but it's not a watered down love. It's a love that's absolute. And what we've seen now in the world model is this fake surface, uh, fleshy um, counterfeit love. Substance, and that's not what yeah. we're talking about. Exactly yeah. right, bro. Yep. You know, I, I I just can't help but think if it was easy, then we don't need a relationship with the Lord. You know, so this is one of those things like, Lord, help me to love this person that's right in front of me right now. Help me to, you know, I'm in this situation. It's uncomfortable. How can I act in love right now, but still have the truth and all these different things? So, yeah, it's great. Good, good show so today, good. brother. Like, uh, it's always fun hanging out with you on a Saturday morning. Hey, don't forget, you can go to DougAndMarty.com. That's a great way to get in touch with us. I did put a link in there to the Morningstar Journal uh, page uh, to what we talked about last week. So if you want to go on there, you can do that. This is Doug Bassler. And Marty McClendon. Doug and Marty versus the world. See you next week. Yeah.